Hi, friends, and welcome to 24 Karat Conversations. I'm your host, Rhonda Velez. Let's be real. Testing and trials are never fun. But what I have found is that we aren't alone in those seasons. My favorite Bible verse is Job 23.10. For when he has tested me, I will emerge as pure gold. We're going to share some amazing stories of people who have endured and emerged as pure gold in the midst of hard circumstances. We're going to laugh, probably cry, and get super transparent about life and the struggles we endure. So sit back, relax. It's about to get real. Hello, 24 Karat Tribe. Welcome back. I am super excited today. Um, as I was talking to our guests before the show, we're just going to call this episode Divorcing All Things. <laughs> all things in our life that we've had to divorce, um, we're just going to call it that. So Michelle Donnelly is not only a friend, I met her online where I meet like most of my great people. I feel like my online community is amazing. Um, but she has gone through a divorce and that is something that we don't talk about real often in the Christian community, or if we do, we maybe don't engage it. Um, but I don't want you to turn this, this off just because it's about divorce, because we divorce a lot of things in our lives. We also, um, don't know really how to hold space for people who are going through divorce or transition. And so I thought Michelle would be the perfect person to come on and talk about this. I'm going to tell you a little bit about her. Um, Michelle is the president and CEO of Plus One Parents. It's a ministry devoted to helping single parents overcome, overwhelm, to rebuild God-empowered lives and raise up a new generation. She's a mother of three. She also is the host of Christian Single Moms podcast and the author of a book, Safe Haven, a devotional for the abused and abandoned and seen. Hope and healing for single moms. You can learn more about her at plusoneparents.org, but we're going to talk about that more at the end. But welcome, 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 Michelle. Oh my goodness, Rhonda. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be with you. I know. I'm excited to have you on here. I feel like when we get together, it's just like we're two friends having coffee, right? Um, it's it, and, but you are so like, just, you exude like this hominess, like in you, in your soul, you know? And I, but I'm so also in awe of how you're able to make friends online the way that you do. I'm like, maybe you could find me someone to date. Like I, I, I trust your, your ability. I, I don't know how I, I don't know. I don't, I guess I'm just not kind of scared of asking, like, do you want to be my friend? I love it. I love it. And I'm really not like, it's funny because everyone thinks that I'm super extroverted. Of course, like I'm in sales. That's my real job. And people are like, oh, you must be so extroverted, but I am not. I would prefer to stay home and watch a movie than to go out to a party. See, <laughs> and this is funny because I am super extroverted, but I would not be the one to walk up and be like, will you be my friend? Like I needed people like you to like pull me out of my shell. But once I'm out, like I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I enjoy talking to you so much and I wanted you to share a little bit. I mean, we're talking about transitions in this season and um, I think divorce is such a big transition, but like, as we were talking about transitions and divorce, you said that thing that just like light bulb came on. Um, trend, divorce is not just about like a divorce of a marriage or a breakup of a marriage. It's divorcing a lot of things in our lives. So can we like, can you share a little bit of your story and then kind of talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So a little bit about my story. I met my ex-husband when I was 17 years old and that's really young. Right. And so I was in this zone of just not knowing what I didn't know. Mm -hmm. And at that 
young stage, you're very impressionable, you're very vulnerable. And there were definitely problems though, right off the bat. And I was in a zone though, where I didn't fully understand myself. I didn't understand God, didn't understand relationships. And so I'm, I'm faced with these things that were very unhealthy right off the bat, but thinking, but God, God's in this, right? Like this is, this is, this is going to be okay. You know, God's God can redeem this and I can be there for this person. And a lot of people who end up in divorces have some kind of similar start like this. You know, none of us got up on our wedding day and we're thinking like, oh, I can't wait till this ends. I can't wait to, to be wait divorced. To go to court. You know, like can't wait to be a single mom. <laughs> but it, but it, we can oftentimes trace back though. There was some genesis, you know, where, where this came from. And sometimes though we're not really aware of what it was within us that allowed us to continue on in that situation. And a lot of times it's a combination of things, you know, there's, there's wounding that we've experienced from our earlier years. There's in my case, like a little bit of naivety, a little bit of rose colored glasses, but then also this total misunderstanding about our role in relationships as God has ordained it. And so a lot for many, many years, you know, it was this struggle to try and sort all of those things out. Mm -hmm. And in the midst of that though, you know, you have, you have job and you have life and you have kids and, you know, some of these things will keep you going, you know, that where there may be troubles, you know, but there's a lot of the other, other things to look forward to. And, you know, when you bring kids into the picture, there is the uncertainty now of, of what, what would a change in this relationship, how it would it impact the children's lives, you know? And, and so for many years, um, I just continued to, to, uh, really just try to, to walk through that the best way possible. And, you know, I'll admit like there were seasons of that where I didn't do that very well, you know? Yeah. And there was a point though, after about 10 years of being married that God really grabbed a hold of my heart, you know? Um, and it, but it came through a moment of personal crisis, you know, it came through a moment of like, uh, like dark night of the soul, like, Lord, who are you? Where are you? Do you exist? I mean, these really deep spiritual questions that had nothing to do with my relationship. And though in that though, in, in getting to really meet Jesus, like really get to know him. That's so good. A lot of these things that I had questions about in my life started to become clearer and clearer and clearer. Yeah. And, you know, I I think there's a misconception then that, well, if if you have this great relationship with Jesus or you have enough faith, like, shouldn't your marriage be able to just be Mm -hmm. fixed, you know? Um, And some people receive that kind of advice. Sometimes we hear from well-meaning friends or pastors or whatever, that it's like, you just set this great example. And then I just pushed through it. Why are you like, what's going on? I think too, you said something about like rose colored glasses. And I, and I have to say, you know, growing up in the church, um, I know that like, even when, you know, when you were in college, like ring by spring, you know, it, there's this fantasy that you're going to marry someone who is going to meet all your needs. And I think there's so much of a transition from, like who you were to who you're becoming. And when you don't actually know who you are and you get married, I mean, I was married young too. And I can tell you right now, like 
some of the major issues we've had in our marriage is because we've grown. And so, you know, we've chosen to grow together. So it's worked for 26 years, but not everybody is at that pace. And I think when you talk about transitions too, it's like, they have to be willing to, because um, somebody on our last podcast said, you know, you're always in transition. You're never not in transition. So not knowing how to do that well and not knowing how to, I, I don't know, how am I trying to say this? It, I guess if the other person isn't willing to transition with you, it makes it really hard to stay in a marriage. And 100%. then if there's toxicity mm-hmm. in the marriage, then it's just going to, it's going to implode. There's no way around that. Well, and this is what exposes the truth of what is in everyone's hearts. You mm-hmm. know? And when I said, you know, us not understanding where we're supposed to be in relationships, right. God calls us in our closest, most intimate relationships to be equally yoked. Mm-hmm. That iron would sharpen iron. And yeah. yes, there's a, there's a painful process, even in the healthiest yeah. of marriages, because there is growth and there is transition. But when you are unequally yoked, when you, whether that is with an unbeliever or someone who claims to be a believer, who's not living it out, however yeah. that works out, there's inevitably going to be a break. And that is why we're cautioned against that on the front end. But some of us, and this was my case, didn't even understand that at the time that I was, yeah. you know, young and dating and getting married and all this kind of stuff, you know? And so yeah. unfortunately, and fortunately, I'll say, you know, we yeah. learn that lesson the hard way, but it's because God wants to show us really what he has for us. And sometimes that does mean the removal of a relationship. And that's what, when we're talking about, you know, the divorce of all things, you know, yeah. this happens to us in other arenas, other than marriage, you know, and there are other single parents who were not ever married, you know, mm-hmm. and so they've experienced this very same thing, but in a breakup. Right. Sometimes it's in the loss of a friend or a business partner, you know, where you have had a betrayal or you've, you've had this instance of like, wow, why, why just, can we not ever connect? Why does it seem that there's always toxicity in this relationship? You know? And so these are things that we have to confront all through our lives, especially because sometimes this is our family members. Like sometimes these are people in our family of origin Mm -hmm. and it is recognizing though, that we have a distinct honor. We have a distinct dignity that God has imbued each of us with that we are meant to walk with other people who can, who can recognize that and appreciate it. And in our most close, in our closest relationships, there has to be that mutuality. And if Mm -hmm. there is not, then that's where we have to shift the nature of those relationships. And in a marriage, sometimes, unfortunately, that's going to mean divorce. Yeah. And I think people like to check boxes, you know, so we're very much a checkbox. So sometimes God positions you or transitions you into a season that you weren't expecting, you know, and we're like, but all these boxes, I have to check them first, you know? And I think sometimes we just don't listen to the voice of God. We choose to ignore like his voice and telling you, it's time to go. And I will say that even like, and I know this isn't popular belief in, you know, Christian circles, but like, sometimes God is saying, I'm closing the door on this marriage and I'm not going to repair it. And, you know, you pray, I'm sure, you know, at some point you prayed like, okay, reconciliation, because I think that's really what you want, whether that's in a friendship or even like when you lose a job, you're like, okay, like, 
if I could have only done this or that, but sometimes it's God just moving you into a different season. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you won't transition on your own without mm-hmm. kind of that push, right? It's so true. You know, and mm-hmm. for me, things had to be so irreparably broken mm-hmm. for me to be able to transition. Yeah. You know, and it, it's not very unlike the Exodus situation. And I, and I say this, especially to someone who's being abused and, and really yeah. is experiencing an oppression that it is so hard and so painful and you cannot imagine life beyond this could be better sometimes or, or that it's going to be okay. Or that God is actually okay with you. You know, um, there's a lot yeah. of unknowns and a lot of questions, but sometimes you won't know before you go. Sometimes right. he's going to answer that on the way. Yeah. You know? And there are these deliverances that can happen in these situations. And mm-hmm. I mean, it's not even just from the relationship itself, God worked through this to deliver me from things that I had been bound by from before I ever even met my ex-husband, you know, and he had a whole life of freedom that he wanted me to learn to walk in. This was going to have to be, I was going to have to cross over that red sea, you know, and I was going to have to, to really contend with some things that really and truly marriage just kind of covered up for me. You know, even if it wasn't a great marriage, it was, it was something that I didn't have to deal with any of these things. Because I could just like make everything Pinterest perfect. You know, I could have yeah. a house and I could have my birthday parties and like all of those things um, that eventually though, just were heaped on top of an unstable foundation that had to be rebuilt. And those transitional seasons often like propel you into not only a deeper relationship with Christ. I know for me, I mean, I know some people will walk away from their faith when they're in those seasons because they feel as though God has abandoned them. But you know, for me, when I've gone through those transitional seasons, I've, I've drawn closer to God because that's all I had to cling to. And I think that we so often want to blame God for the things that are happening, forgetting that he knows better than us. You know, he's a good father and he knows I'm pulling you out of this because this is not where you belong right now. And I think that when you're in that transition, really focusing on like, what, what am I hearing from you, Lord? Like, what am, what are you telling me? What are, what am I not seeing? Because it's so easy for us to want that pretty bow that check bar, you know, check the box. You know, I did all the things I fasted and I prayed and I, you know, I did all the things and why is it not working out in the way, but really to ask the Lord, like in this transition season, what are you teaching me? And I think that that has been my biggest takeaway from transitions. That's why I'm so passionate about it. Yeah. And actually one of the, there's, you know, a lot of times we get stuck on this question of why, mm-hmm. why did this happen? Why did you let this happen? Um, and the truth be told, there are some things about life on this side of eternity that we will never understand. Yeah. Yeah. We do not understand God's ways. We also don't really understand that we have an enemy who hates us, mm-hmm. you know? And in the midst of this though, that's where we really can start to ask other questions and we can be like, God wants us to be close with him. He wants us to, to know him as the father that we, like when we think about our kids, you know, and they're like, why, but why, you know, but why, like they're asking questions constantly. God wants us to ask the questions. He wants us to ask the hard stuff and to be honest with him about what's in our heart, but he may turn us then to say, you know, but what, 
-hmm. what are you going to do? And and I remembered very frankly, after, you know, my separation had just started asking God, well, like, what are you going to do with me now? You know, thinking like, I'm damaged goods, like I'm disqualified. What do I have possibly to share with anybody now? Mm -hmm. And he spoke so clearly and said, I'm going to use you right where you are. Mm -hmm. And some people that use you language is uncomfortable, but between me and God, it's not, you know, and I think yeah. he uses the things that we are, right. we can grab onto. Right. Um, but the point being that he wanted to work in me and mm-hmm. through me to do something new. And and yeah. in that season, he reminded me, I am making all things new. Yeah. yeah and if that was true. all I could grab onto at that time, and I'm like, I don't know what that looks like, but I'm willing to believe it's got to be more than there is right here where I'm at. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes. And it's nice. Sometimes that desperation is enough to pull us closer to where he wants us to go. Yeah, absolutely. And when you say, I was like, funny, because it's like new, that is something that like when I was going through even the transition of moving here, I just kept, I would laugh because I would open up my Bible and like literally verses about new would drop out. And I was like, okay, I hear you. (laughs) I'm listening to you, you know, because it is, it's, it's something new. And when you step into the new, leaving the old behind is hard. We're so used to getting into a routine and being comfortable. I mean, we like being comfortable and it's safe being comfortable, but when you're moved into a new place, a new season, a new transition, it's, you're going to be uncomfortable. There's just well, no way around it. And the deal with divorce is it will be uncomfortable. Yeah. This is like, if you're a stay at home mom, now you're back to work. If you were living in your house, maybe now you have to sell your house. Maybe you're going to get rid of half your stuff. Maybe mm-hmm. you're going to lose half your money. Like this is not new that feels good right yeah. at the outset. This And this yeah. is again, going back to the, the Exodus metaphor, this is similar to them leaving everything they knew yeah. in Egypt, you mm-hmm. know? to go and and wander around a desert, you know, like it wasn't like they were being moved into, Oh, here's our brand new home. You know, like, Hey, I'm taking you out of this, this bad thing. And I'm bringing you into this good thing. Like it feels like repeated loss over and over and over. You're losing friends. You're losing life as you knew it. You're losing your hopes and dreams. Like this is the thing about this specific type of transition that Mm -hmm you know, when you think about the flip side of this, like the gift that keeps on giving, like this is yeah. the, 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 the take that keeps on taking, yeah. you know, it's like, oh my you goodness, like, you back. <laughs> you're like, uh, it, there literally is a bottom somewhere, right? Because yeah. I just feel like I'm tumbling down the hole. Yeah. And, and I mean, and how do you, you know, I mean, you were married for quite, I don't, you were married for quite a while, but I was trying to think, I mean, I have some friends that, you know, who've been married for a shorter period of time, but even then, like, going from being a wife to not being a wife and not having that role. I mean, cause it really is a role we take on, right? Like how did you transition in the loneliness of it? Like the, yeah. to, I mean, I think that translates to not only just divorce, but even everything, like when you lose your job, like how, you know, you transition into a season of like, okay, I'm unemployed. Like how, what does that look like? I don't get up every day at this time anymore. Yeah. And, you know, those kinds of things, but how did you transition during that season of loneliness and like, what were some of the things that you really leaned into? Yeah, no, you're so right about this where, you know, we get our identity wrapped around these roles sometimes. And then when the role Mm -hmm. is taken away, we're fumbling around trying to figure out who am I and where, where is my life even going now? And I'll be honest with you, Rhonda. And I'm saying this because there's somebody who is in this mode right now who needs to hear the truth of this. This did not look pretty for me at the very, very, very beginning. I mean, to the point where 
I'm like, my kids are gone. They're with their dad. Um, there's a bottle of wine over there. That looks interesting. Let's do that. You know, um, later on, you know, or, you know, sometimes it's like, let's just shop and spend a lot of money. That kind of feels good. Right. Let's, uh, date this person who, you know, surely like, I just like, you know, spending time with this person, maybe it'll go somewhere, you know, there's all various methods. A lot of times the first thing we move towards is medication. You know, it is to feel good, to feel something. Self-soothe. And, you want to self-soothe. Yeah. And thankfully I did that, you know, for, uh, this had different iterations, but like, you know, for example, like looking at that bottle of wine, I did that like maybe once or twice. And I was like, sure. well, this ain't it, <laughs> you know, it's not worth it, <laughs> but I know somebody, you know, who, who yeah. I know somebody is struggling with that, you know? And, and the thing I want you to know though, if that's you is like, the Lord will pull you out of the deep end. Like he's not disappointed in you. He's not ashamed of you. He gets you. He gets completely where you're at. And, you know, that voice of like, you don't want to do this. That's him, you know? And even times where I was dating people and, you know, so that's what it looked like later was like, I'll just, you know, be proactive about finding my Boaz or whatever, you know, and it's like dating these people that you shouldn't be dating. And you don't know it though. Sometimes you're like, no, 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 this could be a good thing. I can, I can see the potential, <laughs> you know, like anytime Potential's you say that, don't do it. Start. <laughs> never started potential. No, but there were some times where I was not even aware of how close to the cliff I was walking yeah. and I would be spending time with God by myself. And you just have this inclination. You feel it. Even if you don't hear a word, you know, you feel this is not good enough for me. This is not it. You know, like you, or you feel the anxiety of just like being going after a thing that's never going to fill you up, Mm -hmm. you know? And the hard part about loneliness is really the only way to address it at its core is to be alone with the Lord, you know? And, and in those moments though, it's getting frank with God and saying like, I don't like this. I hate this actually, you know, I've told you I was extroverted. I'm like, Oh Lord, not another Friday night by myself. But in the midst of that, it was the thing that was enough to push me to start. Like we were talking about, you know, will you be my friend? Like start being vulnerable <laughs> with people, yeah. you know, though, and, and like venturing into healthy friendships and mentorships and spending time with the right people, you know, mm-hmm. and, and in some of that though, learning again, just in a way I never had before, but learning to spend time with God, like, yeah. and this was sometimes prayer and, and worship and, and those sorts of things. But sometimes like God and I would go on a little date, you know, and it was like, I, I just remember I'd blogged about this, but I remember one Saturday in particular, it was a beautiful spring afternoon, I got in my car, I went for a drive. I took all the country back roads to this like out of the way grocery store. And I went in there and I was like, you know, get me some flowers, you know, like I always see these flowers. I'm going to buy the flowers, you know, and, um, just kind of wandering through the store and just like seeing the like mm, yummy cheeses, you know, and then like get myself a pint of ice cream. But I, I just had a very, very, unique awareness of God's presence with me as I was delighting in these things and recognizing that God was like, I put these here for you to delight in and to share with me, you know, and that's what your whole life is about is delighting in me. And that can happen in the pain 
that can happen. Like whether you're in the Valley, whether you're on the mountaintop, like there are things that I'm sprinkling around. There's goodness to be found each and every day. Some days it's going to be harder for you to see it. Mm-hmm. And some days you're not going to like even want to, some yeah. days you're going to doubt me, but I'm not going anywhere. So even yeah. if you are doubting me, even if you're not sure that there's going to be anything beyond this, I'm not going to leave you, you know? And I, and I think yeah. that's the the gift of loneliness and the gift of, of some of that solitude is it does pull us into community, but it also pulls us into this space of really getting to know God in a way that we wouldn't ever, if it was not for this. Yeah. And I think when you're going through, you know, the transition and and divorcing kind of seasons of life, like you do have this moment of like shame and rejection and, you know, no matter where, what it is, whether it's a marriage or friendship, or like I said, you know, a job, like it's this like shame that's wrapped around that, that you have to like, really like allow yourself to feel all those feelings that you're enduring and going through. And I was, um, I was at the cheesecake factory a few months ago and I was with a group of friends, but there was a girl and she was sitting at one of those high bar tables and she was by herself and she was eating a meal and she was reading a book. And I walked over to her and I'm all good for you. Look at you taking your date yourself on a date. And she's like, I know I love to do this by myself. And I think that's so important. Like, even if you are married, it's so good to get away and like really just take some time for yourself because I don't think we're comfortable with sitting alone with ourselves. (laughs) (laughs) And it's because though, Rhonda, like that is the space where all the anxiety starts to come up. Mm -hmm. Like when the voices are turned down and everything is quiet and it's just you alone with your thoughts, like there's some things in there that you don't want to spend time with, you know? And That is the hard part though, is rather than moving to the quick fix, it is the, the space where God is inviting us though, to really know his love and know his closeness, like know just how much he is just, he's like singing lullabies over us constantly, you know, and for us to tune out of the noise of the world and even the noise within our bodies, the things that we're carrying, like learn how to turn that down and just listen and look for where God is, you know? So when we talk about that next question, we started with what, but like really getting to move around in each and every day going, father, where are you? You know, father, will you show yourself to me? You know? Mm -hmm. And that though is what produces, you know, the peace that passes all understanding. That's how we experience that. That's the, the joy that defies the circumstances, you know, that this is what Jesus promised us, you know, this abundant life. This is how we get it. It is not from like, oh, you do you boo. And like all of the, you know, going and doing and having and and striving and all of that. It's really in learning to rest. And sometimes, you know, and this is like from Psalm 23, where he says, he makes me lie down in green pasture. He's going to make you lie down, but it's for rest and it's for restoration and it's for good. And it is like, That is not an easy process to be made to lay down, but there is a, a, just a beauty in surrendering to it in letting go of what we know and letting go of what we want and just surrendering to the laying down where everything we're afraid of that laying down is going to cost us. He's going to give us so much more. Yeah. And I love that. I love Psalm 23 because my favorite part is he restores your soul. And Mm -hmm. I, you know, like I say, like with restoration, it's like you think 
restoration in one way, but really sometimes he's just trying to restore our soul. Like he's, that verse is just so beautiful. And I've literally prayed that and put my name in there when I'm praying it, because I want him to restore me from the inside out. And I think when we can get quiet enough with God to be able to let him see, to let him speak to us and let him see our hearts as well as us, let him speak to our hearts, you know, then that's where the the true restoration comes from, you know, and you can feel fulfilled in that. Um, so I wanted but like to- how many, Oh, sorry. But no, <laughs> but like, but like how many times though, like we hear restoration and it's like, Oh, that's like, so right. great. we want to be there, you know, oh. and it's like, okay, but think about like fixer upper, you know, I want you to think yeah. Chip Gaines is in the house. He's demoing the stuff. He's busting this place up. That is what divorce or any, you know, betrayal, like all of rejection, yeah. all these things that you're experiencing it is busting up the lies you've been carrying around. It's been busting up all the insecurity. It doesn't feel good. And restoration but- doesn't take five minutes. Like, no, it's, you know, not a 30 minute, like before no, it's, not, it's not a 30 minute HGTV show where, you know, in 30 minutes, you've got your house remodeled, you know, I mean, it takes a long time and but it there's takes a, there's a reason, much. there's a reason we as humans love those stories. There's a reason why we love rags to riches. There's a reason why we love before and after it's because that's what God has put eternity in our hearts. He's mm-hmm. doing that for all of us for now to eternity, yeah. that he is taking what was, and he's fixing it back to his original design, you know? And so this is this redemption thing that we all just really love to see. This is what he's doing in our lives. It is painful because of where we are, but he's teaching us the beauty of letting go of what we see and trusting the unseen. And the trust, I think is the hardest part when you're in yeah. to feel like, you know, that you can trust him. Can I trust you with this? And it's so funny that we would even question that, right? Because we know, like, growing up in church, I know that God was good. I, I mean, I thought I did until I went through a really hard season. And then I was like, wait a minute, wait, this isn't going how I saw planned. It's not what I intended. And then you, you realize that the more and more you get deeper and deeper with God, the more like for me, when, when I was going through a really hard season, I just found the word of God. Like I couldn't get enough of it. Like I could not get enough of praying to him. Him and I like have this beautiful relationship now where I feel like I can get in the car and be like, Hey, Lord, like, Hey, I just bless my friend, Michelle, you know, you're in the car. Like uh-huh. that's just the kind of relationship that I think he desires us to have, you know? Well, and it's what's good for us because that's what endures, you know, because the the fact of the matter is, and this is, you know, speaking back to the loneliness thing, you know, a lot of times it's like, oh goodness, could I just have a a partner again? You know, could I just have somebody in my life that I wouldn't feel this loneliness anymore, but anything that we love in this life is, is going to be lost. It's Mm -hmm. just the way of things. Mm -hmm. And so at its core, we need at, at life's core, we need to be able to be rooted on the thing that we can never lose. Yeah. That that's what makes us then not afraid to receive blessing. Because I'll be honest, there are some things about this, like getting into unhealthy relationships is a lot of times because we're afraid of the reciprocity of somebody actually noticing us and 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 loving us, you know. And are you gonna take that from me? Are you gonna turn around and, and backstab me? Are you gonna reject me? You know. And so when we are able to be rooted though, in the thing that we can never lose and have just the delight of this love, 
then we're able to so much more freely give ourselves to the things that God is calling us to and receive the things that he has for us because we know that at the end of it, it is all a gift from him and that at whichever time, you know, that it that we may be faced with a challenge or a loss again, that we have the bedrock to go back to. Yeah, absolutely. I, I wanted to ask you about friendships during, um, during that season, like just, I know that people don't know how to react when you're going through the divorce of anything in your life, right? They're just, they want to fix it or they want to make it better. Um, in this, in your scenario in particular with divorce, like what advice would you give to a friend who is walking through this with somebody? Because I know like people just don't do it well. Yeah. <laughs> We're really bad at it. It's like, I'll just ignore her until she feels better. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and this is where, you know, we, get, we have to understand that in the process of these things, not all loss is bad, you mm-hmm. know, and sometimes this is a sifting out of the things that really are not for you. Or as we talked about transitioning into the next season that you can't take with you, you know, that aren't going to be supportive for you for where you're going, you know, and if I can go back to, I just, I'm all about the Exodus metaphor, but when we think about the fact that, you know, the Israelites were wandering around the desert for 40 years, but this was also, so while there's a discipline in here, there was also a preparation because they were going to go into the promised land, but it wasn't like the promised land was just like all, you know, picket fences and, and come and and have your milk and honey. It was like, there were enemies in this territory. They were going to have to war against Mm -hmm. and take over, you know? And so there are things that God calls us to beyond that season of transition that we are being prepared for. We're being tried and tested and strengthened. And he's showing us where weaknesses, but in that though, too, he's also bringing forth relationships and removing relationships that are not going to benefit us in that next season or that will benefit us in that next season. And so in the midst of this, we have to resist the temptation to get our story out or get people to, you know, believe us or to convince people, control people, you know, that sort of thing, because what you really do want to see is who people are. Mm-hmm. and what they have available to you. You know, we talk about being, was I, you know, unequally yoked in this marriage or not? You're unequally yoked in friendship sometimes without yeah. even realizing it. Yeah. And sometimes that's just maturity. Sometimes that's not even like believer, unbeliever, but it's like, I'm not going in the same direction as you, you right. know, or this is taking me into a deeper level that like our friendship can't support anymore because of where you're at emotionally and, you know, what you haven't dealt with. And, and that's part of mm-hmm. what happens with this is that you start to have to deal with messy things in the basement, especially when you have kids, because if you don't deal with it, you're going to repeat it. You're going to be in another Um, bad relationship. You're going to carry it out on your kids and you have to deal with it. And sometimes that means they're going to be people who can't come with you and that's okay. You know, Oh, it's hard, but it's one of those things where we can release people to whatever God has called them Mm -hmm. to. And it's going to, sometimes it's painful and sometimes there's more rejection in that. Sometimes it just feels really bad, but at the outset of it, sometimes that space is where God's going to bring some new people into your life Mm -hmm. who maybe have walked through this very same thing. That's what God did for me. He brought me a mentor who could absolutely understand me. She knew my needs. She could perceive my needs. She was just there before I even knew I needed her. You know, and, and sometimes 
there are people that we can teach them about the season that we're in and they are meant to walk with us, but we're going to have to educate them a little bit or, you know, be more honest and open about what our needs are. But other times it's just folks who can't come with us. And in those times, even if it's hurtful, it's to say, but God, I know you're going to do something in this. And if you choose to restore this relationship later, you're going to use this space to do that. And if Mm -hmm. this relationship is actually just not fitting for the next season, then I release them in peace and I want to go follow you in peace. Yeah. I mean, I found that like during transitional seasons, the people that normally come with you, you're very much in alignment as far as like all things. Like, I I don't know how to explain that, like other than Mm -hmm. just you know, in prayer and scripture and like, you're just kind of in alignment with all things and they'll just kind of continue to support you regardless of who, you know, what, and I I think specifically like with divorce, it's like, oh, like whose side are you on? Right. Mm -hmm. Like you find out real quick who your friends are. I'm sure you did when you went through a divorce and same thing when you, you know, even when you like, when you leave a job, like when I, when I had a job that I lost, I remember, I mean, I'm still friends with some of those women that I was friends with at work, like personally, like we get together, we have dinner, like I'm still friends with those people because they were always going to be there for me. And then there's other people that just kind of faded away into the background and I, you know, never heard or saw from them again, which was okay. That word alignment though is so important. Yeah. What you're saying, Mm -hmm. because when we think about what that metaphor of iron sharpening iron really means. If you look at a knife blade, like if we could like take a microscope and look at it, you know, the blade has these little serrations that are actually separate. And when the knife is dull, they're not pointing in the same direction. They're like going to the right and to the left, you know? And so when that iron is, is, you know, that sharpening iron, the knife is drawn across it. It draws all of those little serrations back into line together. Mm -hmm. And I wish we like had like a picture. This is so much easier to like, go Google it, like find a picture of it, but it brings those things back into alignment. And, and sometimes though, and this is what I found with my life before divorce and after divorce is I got so used to being dull and not just in my friendships, but just in my life in general, the way I was living life, I got so used to being dull and being like, right, left, doing this, doing that, whatever, not really having a sense of like direction that this is painful, but God is bringing all those things back into alignment with himself and his plan. And there's that plays out in every facet of our lives, including friendships, you know, but enduring that painful process makes you sharper, makes you in that straight line and gives you a fortitude that you never had before. Mm -hmm. And that is something then you start to see these places where like the enemy was like, I'm going to take you out. (laughs) You know, like you see where you were weak before and how now you have the ability to be like, "Mm -mm, not me, not my kids. I'm breaking this off, you know, whatever happened in my family line before me, it's not coming with me, you know, and it is just understanding though, in what feels painful and in what feels like God has forgotten you or what feels like he is punishing you. Like that is not his heart at all, but that it is to line you back up with what he knows is good for you and what he made you for. Because that's going to be the thing that is like going to be straight, like sharp and straight, laser focused into the future with those healthy people and those healthy relationships that he has already waiting for you. I mean, it's exactly what 24 care, why we, I even 
did this podcast because it's true. It's through those testing and those trials that you're refined, right? Nothing is refined without fire, without going through a purification process. And that's when you can really emerge as pure gold. Now, that doesn't mean that you're going to not have refinement process throughout your whole life, because until we die, we will forever be in process. Right. But it's so true. It's like, it's through, like, I look back at like some of the things that I've gone through in life and the, the amount of refinement that God has taken me through has gotten me to this point. And I'm sure I'll have to be refined again and again and again, but at the same time, you get a little stronger every single time. You just, you don't allow the enemy to speak those lies to you mm-hmm. anymore. It just, you just continue to grow. And so I think that is such a great way to like, end it and remind our friends that no matter what the process that you are going through is, God is not trying to find you to bring death to your life, but mm-hmm. he wants to bring you life and mm-hmm. joy and peace. Um, so just keep pressing in my friends. So thank you so much, Michelle, for being here today. I so appreciate it. Such a great oh my conversation. Gosh. Thanks for having me, Rhonda. <laughs> I want you to tell them all about you though. Now okay. tell them find you where they can get your book all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. So on social Facebook and Instagram, we are at plus one dot parents and the book is safe Haven, a devotional for the abused and abandoned. And that is available on Amazon. And we have, a bunch of, we have, Oh, thank you. <laughs> we have a bunch of other resources too, uh, video resources, classes, courses, Bible studies, things like that. And you can find all of that at plusoneparents.org. Okay. Well, friends, make sure to go follow Michelle and thank you so much for being on today. Don't forget to follow us on 24 Karat Conversations podcast on Instagram, as well as like and subscribe to our show. And until next time, sparkle on friends. Bye.